Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On one hand, you feel for Mike Sullivan. Feel for Sidney Crosby. You feel for a guy like Teddy Bluger. And you think about what could have happened at the Beijing Olympics with NHL participation. And on the other, there's the Pittsburgh perspective. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The NHL will not send its players to Beijing. All that's left to make that formal is the notification to the IOC, which is expected this week. No, this isn't a surprise. No, there's really not much room to argue against it particularly once the Chinese government made known that anyone who was going to test positive was going to be forced into a four-week quarantine. I mean, that was the end. I can't believe it took this long. That was a few days ago. For everyone to think about the Chinese government locking you up for a month, you know, like after the Olympics are over, you're still stuck over there. You know, with no real rights or anything. You know, Sidney Crosby in Chinese jail. So, no, this wasn't going to happen. No, the IOC wasn't going to be able to supersede the Chinese government, nor was Gary Bettman. So, it's felt inevitable ever since then, and really to an extent it felt inevitable even before that. And I genuinely feel lousy for a handful of people associated with the Penguins who were going to partake in this. I'll start with Sullivan. There's a part of me that would have loved to have seen Sully representing the United States of America on an international stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, just picture for whatever it is that anybody thinks about our, you know, leadership or governments or whatever else here. I'm perfectly okay with the red, white, and blue having been viewed worldwide through the prism of a man saying repeatedly that you've got to play the game the right way. You know, it could solve a lot of problems. What about this mess over here in the Middle East, coach? Well, they got to play the game the right way. I'd love it. I don't know. I'm being serious here. I've covered five Olympics, and I've seen how coaches and players have conducted themselves, and some of them have really, really done well with it. And I think Sullivan would have been uh, 
uh, a grade A representative. And I certainly hope that he gets a chance again in the future. And the same goes, incidentally, for Todd Reardon, who would have been an assistant on his staff, equally deserved. And then there's the small guys, you know, the ones that nobody ever talks about. How many people listening to this show even knew that Teddy Bluger was going to be Latvia's captain? How many people know that Latvia exists? Sure, a quarter of all of their citizens live in the capital Riga, and it's a pretty small place. But Latvia qualified, and barely by beating France by a single goal, in which Teddy had the primary assist, and he and Elvis Merzlikens, the goaltender of the Blue Jackets, basically got that team into position to be at the Beijing Olympics. That was going to be a really, really big deal, you know? Teddy Bluger was going to lead his nation through an Olympic procession and into the games means so much to these guys, so much more than any of us can understand. I'll say it again from my own experience of covering these Olympics. You will never see anyone beam at being there quite the way you will with these players who represent the smaller countries. They're on an equal footing, or at least it feels like that, when they're in this tournament. They're representing a country, and you're representing the United States or Canada or Russia or whoever. doesn't matter. It's country versus country. Take that from someone who covered Slovenia versus Russia with Putin in the crowd and Andrzej Kopitar trying to beat them all by himself. It's a blast, but it's a real point of pride, too. Teddy misses out on that, and that's a shame. And then there's the captain locally, and he's another matter entirely. Sid had the opportunity to become a three-time Olympic gold medalist and for someone who is fueled more than anything by piling up team successes. Remember that it was in Sochi that Mike Babcock, his coach at the time, referred to him famously as the serial winner. Sid's won a bunch. Sid wants to win more. Sid never wins enough. And all you had to do was listen to the disappointment in his voice yesterday in Cranberry when he talked about this. I mean, I think if, you know, if there's ever a chance that could be postponed, it would probably be in this scenario. You look at the summer and kind of what, what had to happen with that. So um, I guess there's a slight possibility if there was you know, a chance they'd be postponed, then we'd still have a chance to play in them. But, I mean, that's that's a slim one, I would say. And, and if that's the case, um, that we don't have them, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to kind of wrap your head around, you know, given the fact that uh, we thought we wouldn't have the opportunity this time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be part of two. Uh, I definitely feel for the guys who have missed numerous opportunities. It's It's not something where... It's the next year you push it a couple months like these are you know opportunities and experiences of a lifetime that you don't get very many of as an athlete and you might only get one and 
you know, it just might happen to fall kind of into your window. And if that doesn't work out, it's, it's unfortunate. That wasn't an act. That was Sid being deeply disappointed, even holding out hope that maybe they'll just push the tournament back to the summer, which is extremely unlikely. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. But here's the flip side to this script. The Penguins... The Pittsburgh Penguins benefit from this significantly. And no, nobody's going to bring that up on a day when so many people are so disappointed. But it's, it's the truth. Uh, if we're really being honest with each other, and if the individuals are being honest with themselves, it's the truth. We still haven't seen the best Sid, for starters. He'd be the first to admit that. Uh, he kind of did in an answer he gave me uh, last week when I asked about his performance, and he was talking about how he still needs to start finishing more plays. He's following up on a serious wrist surgery. That's very much a process that's ongoing. I don't know how much he would have been hurt slash helped by going over and playing extremely high-level hockey, which is what that is at the Olympics, in the middle of an NHL season, not to mention all the other gruel and grind that's involved. But, you know, if I'm the Penguins or someone who's thinking of the Penguins first, I'm kind of okay that he's not, you know? Same thing goes, maybe double for Gino. Think about that. Picture the scenario in which Gino, who seems to be close to returning, again, he was out there yesterday on the ice in Cranberry practicing with his teammates. He's, he's getting there. Imagine him coming back, playing a month in January, and then, boom, just like that, off to the Olympics for the same extraordinarily high-level hockey. I'm sorry, that... That'd be a little bit uncomfortable. And you could throw in the same for anybody else who would have made it, whether it's Bluger, who was obviously a shoe-in, but Jake Gensel, who's missed a lot of time, Brian Rust, who's now missed a lot of time. If these guys were picked for their respective teams, you know, Chris Letang, this would have been tough. This team, the one here in Pittsburgh, is pretty good. And it's been pretty good without being anywhere close to full strength from the very first drop of the puck that night in Tampa. It has a chance, and no more than that, but a chance to contend for a Stanley Cup. All emphasis this year being on that yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that, for sure. And I'm fairly certain that over the next little while here, even those who are disappointed about it are going to look at this a little bit differently. When we come back, just one question. 
Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Richard, who asks, Does the lack of offense from the second line concern you? Are they becoming too top-end scoring dependent? Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen are the main names when you bring up that subject. And you're right, Richard, they are. Jeff Carter's got nine goals. He's had some lulls along the way, but nine goals is nine goals this time of year. That puts him on a pretty comfortable pace for a productive season. The other two, not so much. Zucker, in fairness, has been given a lot of maintenance days over the past month in practice. Had another one yesterday. He probably could benefit from this break as much as anyone on the roster. And I'm sure, to an extent, he's welcoming it. We'll see if that impacts his finishing touch, which is the thing that's been the most missing. And you know what? This You could say the same thing for Kapanen, which sounds crazy, considering it's the one thing he's been most known for, is his ability to get the puck from blade to back of net. And for some reason, that's been the one component of his game that's been the greatest shortfall. That said, the second line isn't going to be this before long. The second line is going to have Evgeny Malkin on it. It's almost certainly, from what I've heard, going to have Kapanen on it. And from there, you got to start making some decisions. You know, you got to look to an extent to the first line and say, okay, is it a given that when Brian Rust returns that it'll be Rust with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel again? Do you dare take Evan Rodriguez and put him in a lesser role after he has been, and I say this without hesitation, your very best forward this season overall. Why devalue a rising asset? So depending on what you do there, you can make a decision the other wing, what you're going to do there. Zucker might be a choice because he can distribute, because he's played with Malkin, and because he's defensively responsible. I don't think he's great defensively, but he's responsible. He's conscious. He's aware. But he's also, you know, not someone who's going to finish anything. And that would be a concern there. Uh, Beyond that, you know, what are you doing with the remnants of the current second line? Where is Zucker going to go? Where is Jeff Carter going to go? The logical thing for the overall impact on this line chart is going to be that Teddy Bluger and his group with Brock McGinn and Zach Aston Reese will be bumped down to the fourth line. That's what we saw whenever everybody was healthy going into the playoff series against the Islanders. I'll tell you one name that I might consider throwing into the mix for this second line, and that's Danton Heinen. He might not be a top six forward, sustained over a full season. But again, as with Rodriguez, 
I'd like to find out, and I'd like to find out in a way, of course, that doesn't hurt the ongoing process, but I'd like to find out. When I watch Zucker play, I don't think top six. I don't care what his contract says. I want to see people up there who can produce. So if I'm doing the top lines, the top two lines, bear in mind I'm not. I would start out with Sid between Jake and Rodriguez. Then I would have Gino between Heinen and Kapanen. And at least see how it goes. If your next line is Carter, Rust, and Zucker, or Carter, Rust, and Drew O'Connor, if Zucker continues to bomb out, you've got something. Adding on that fourth line there, you've got something. You know, you have a bunch of moving parts that you can try out at that third line left wing. You know, whether it's Zucker or O'Connor or Dominic Simone or someone like that, you see who fits. You try to create the best possible two-way third line that you can. And this isn't about, you know, punishment or demotions or or anything like that, or even (laughs) Rust being Wally Pipped off the first line. But it happens. I'm just not inclined to take what we've seen from Rodriguez and Heinen so far and just throw it out. Whatever, you are who you are. Now get back in your place again. No, no. This team has done an awful lot of winning without an awful lot of its best players to this date. I'm not ready to just toss them aside. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one, one last one, this week tomorrow. Thank you.